0: All right, so this class is about modesty or Zanut. And this is a meto that is not in your books. Oh. So you won't find it in the Everyday Holiness book, but you will find it if you have the Everyday Holy Day, which is the day by day companionship to this. There is one of those. Um, and so. I thought that I would take this on because, honestly, I think most people's idea of modesty is probably not correct. So, first of all, I want to say that the meta of zenu, or modesty, is really, it's not about our hemlines, or our elbows showing, or our hairstyles, or anything else. It is the exploration of privacy and learning to keep what should be private, private and having a private life. It's all about personal dignity. So today, this concept of private dignity really does not exist. Mm -hmm. And as a result, everything is flaunted and everything is public. Take a think about uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, television, magazines, and blogs. Um, What is the main purpose of these things? It is to flaunt. It is to show my newest diamond ring my new car, to talk about how wonderful my kids are in my blog, or if it's movie stars, it's their, who they're dating, um, what they're wearing. So a lot of what is in our life is all about putting out there our personal private lives. You know, 20 years ago, most of the things that people put on Facebook or Instagram, would, you wouldn't even tell your neighbor. But now people are putting these things out in a public forum where they never go away. Because even if you delete that post on Facebook, somebody read it, maybe someone screenshotted it. You don't know. It's there forever. It's there forever. And a lot of the things, even if you take them down, if you do a Google search, you can still find them. And so people are putting things out in public forums that 20 years ago, you would not even tell your friend and so i think that the sense of privacy is completely gone within our society and so zanut or modesty t z n i u t so zanut or modesty is just trying to get us back to knowing when to keep things private and that Zadi, means righteousness. Yes. It's yes, good it, good it good does. Word. And that's all going to be part yeah. of this class later. Yes, that is great. So the definition of Zenu is really decency or concealed, discretion, secrecy, or piety. Modesty is for both genders. A lot of times people think it is just for women, but it is not. It's for everybody. Modesty encompasses your walk, it encompasses your talk, your dress, your thinking, and your actions. And Micah 6.8 says, He has told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love mercy, to walk modestly with your God. So sometimes that modesty is also humbly. You, you will sometimes see it either way. So to do justice means to act in accordance with justice. To love mercy refers to the acts of loving kindness. And to walk modestly with your God refers to attending to funerals and the dowering of a bride for a wedding. Well, now we can deduce... That if in these matters, which are normally performed publicly, Torah enjoins to walk modestly, how much more so in matters normally done privately. And that comes from the Talmud, from Sukkah 49b. So sometimes we see the words you, uh, as humbly, and sometimes it's, it's modestly. Um, we see humility as a close connection to modesty. And so if you think about what it means to be humble, you can kind of see how both of those words are really intertwined. Um, When a person is humble, they're really not looking to draw attention to themselves. And so therefore, their actions, their dress, their speech, and all of that will be more modest. Um, A person who is humble is typically keeping their private life private. Um, and that's probably why we look at these people as being humble. Um, in order to express the importance of humility, the Mishnah uses a double adjective in its instruction, to be exceedingly, or miyod, meod, humble in spirit, or to be very, very humble in spirit. And so we see that the word is double adjective because it's so much we want, so much humble. Um, The Hafez Haim strived to practice modesty almost to the extreme. Um, In a supreme display of discipline, he always dressed very simple, very modestly. Um, He wore a simple hat that he only changed on Shabbat, very simple, modest clothing, Um, He ate simple foods. They were said that his home was almost uh, void of furniture because he was so humble and modest that he didn't want to flaunt anything that he had. Um, They also say that he didn't like it when people referred to him as a great Tzadik. He didn't like it when he was addressed in public and um, made a big deal out of, even though he was very famous at his time. Um, he just wanted to be a simple man and to just live a simple life and not have attention uh, brought to him. Uh, annoyed when addressed by exaggerated titles and excessive praises, the pleaded with other rabbis to just stop referring to him um, as the great sage, he begged the bookstores not to focus on him, but on his book. And that comes from the Orchat Zadikim, Chapter 3. Um, I'm going to read something from Simplicity, which was what we had just finished out of our book um, about the Hafez time. An American visitor was passing through the Polish town of Radin and stopped in to visit the Hafezheim. Entering the great sage's simple apartment, he was struck by how sparsely it was furnished. Where is your furniture, the man asked. Where is yours, replied the Hafezheim. Oh, I am only passing through, answered the man. I too am only passing through, was the Hafezheim's reply. So we know that he, you know, knew his place in this world. This wasn't his home. He was a sojourner. And so he didn't accumulate a lot of things and had a lot of things to to show for himself. Um, And he did that on purpose because he was humble and because he was modest. Um, As we just read, uh, the Hafez practiced modesty in every aspect of his life, um, we, we read how the Hoesheim dressed simply he shunned elevated titles as a way not to draw attention to himself and thereby maintain some privacy even when in public. Modesty is a mitzvot for both men and women, and we tend to hear more about it though um, for women, but as we see with this great sage, he was all about modesty, and you know if we think about uh, some of the great sages, but even just the Orthodox Jews, it is about modesty, um, n- not just in dress, but in speech and actions and, and things that they own. So modesty is for everybody. Um, I don't like it when I hear from the Jewish world and the Christian world that, that uh, modesty is just a woman's mitzvah. Because I think that women Take the burden of that, and um, <clears throat> Rabbi Friedman has a a teaching out there on a video which I, I will send to you. But I'm going to end up posting it onto the Facebook page, and he talks that you know Hashem would not give women a mitzvah to protect men's eyes. You know. Listen to that one. Yes, do, yeah, you listen, to, listen it. to it. It's really good, and it makes so much sense because mitzvahs are for us to do for our benefit. And when we tell women, you have to dress modestly because men can't handle looking at you because they may think things, that is the wrong concept of a mitzvah. Um, And so maybe... That's almost
1: Islamic.
0: Yes, it is. And there are a lot of religions that embrace that concept that women have to be modest because men may look at you. Um, We don't have the mitzvah of maybe men should be blind or maybe, you know, men should, should guard their eyes, which they should, but it's not a mitzvah for them. It's a mitzvah for us. It's a mitzvah for us to give us our power and our dignity back, and so um, we have to remember that, um, you know, woman's zanute is to protect ourselves and to allow us to be revealed because we want to be revealed and known more than we want to be seen, and so we have to think of zanut as something for us. Um, A lot of people think of zinut or modesty as just a bunch of rules, like your hemline can't be, you know, this short, or your neckline can't be too low. But it's not. Um, You know, some married women in most religious sects of Judaism, they cover their hair with a wig. And I'll tell you, some of those wigs are a lot better than my hair, and they are not modest in any way. And so you can take... Like they say, well, the mitzvah is for me to cover my hair. Well, that may be so, but the mitzvah is to be modest. And so though you can do the letter of the law by covering your head with this beautiful fair faucet wig, (laughs) but it's not the spirit of the law, which is to be modest. And so, you know, even though you can do the letter of it, we want the spirit of it. And so what I want to try to do with talking about Zinut is to not give you rules, because it's not about rules. Right. And it's not about hemlines, and it's not about covering your head, and it's not about any of the things that people think. You're right, it's the inner, yeah. and it's the, the soul part of modesty. Well,
1: like what Yeshua said. It's, you know, it talked about not committing adultery, but I shall say, you who even... Think. think about it committed right. it. So it goes deeper than thou shalt not.
0: Right, than the letter of the law. It's right. the spirit behind it. I mean, a lot of yes. people, it's
1: like the Beatitudes. I mean, look, look at the Beatitudes. Right. He didn't come here to make it
0: easier for you. Right, made it harder <laughs> yeah, than what the letter of the law him. was. Exactly. So um, we want to uh, think about, you know, The the spirit of the law. Because honestly, you can be all covered up and not be zinut and not be modest. Right. You know, in either your action, your speech, or even the dress. Um, So we want to change how we look at modesty from this point on. The Torah says that it's a man's responsibility to learn Torah and to be righteous. um, Because there is the correlation between a man who is righteous who learns Torah. Um, the women are told to be zanut. The Gemara says that every man and every woman merits to marry someone on their own level. It also says that every man should marry a zanut woman, but a wicked man will marry one who is not Zanute. So if you are a righteous man, your equal will be a zanut woman. But if you're a wicked man, it will be one who is not zanut. So every man who merits to marry someone on their level, if a righteous man is called a Zadik, then you would think that a righteous woman would be, you know, the Zadiki. But the Torah says that a zanut woman is who is equal to a righteous man. And so for a woman, the greatest thing for us to be is to be modest where for a man his greatest mitzvah is to learn torah and to be righteous so a righteous woman is a woman who is modest and a righteous man is one who studies torah so men are required to do all the mitzvahs that are related to them that they can do of course there's mitzvahs that are in the land if you're a a priest and if there's a temple. And so there's a lot of things that we don't do and we can't do. Um, but a woman, she gets all the merit that a man gets for doing the mitzvahs by doing one thing, and that one thing is being modest. And so, you know, we don't have to put on tefillin, we don't have to put on tzitzit, we don't have to build our sukkah or wave the lulav. all those things that a man has to do. We have to do one thing, we have to be modest.
1: But what if a woman wears a like
0: seat seat? Well, a woman okay. can do mitzvahs. Okay, a woman can do mitzvahs. They just don't have to do mitzvahs like that. They're not as required. A woman is required to do all of the don't do, you know, mitzvahs. But as far as you know, some of the ones that I just mentioned, like the seat seats or the wearing a tulle, or you know, there's some that men are commanded to do. Um, you do not have to do them because you can get the same elevation that a man gets from doing them, but that you definitely can do the mitzvahs. Well, because I
1: started wearing them because, mm-hmm. them. like, when I went to work, the minute my hand touched the door mm-hmm. um, on the work, I forgot who I was, who God was, and I thought, mm-hmm. you know what? I'm going to
0: try to wear them just to remind myself so, who they who yeah. I serve. Mm-hmm. And
1: that I shouldn't be acting the way that I do at work. And it was amazing how it affected me.
0: Right. And doing things, again, the way we dress, the way we carry ourselves, will all affect our behavior. They definitely do. They definitely do.
1: interesting. I didn't know it would affect me that way. So I really, I don't outwardly wear them, Mm -hmm. but because I wear them for myself to remind myself,
0: Right. who I am mm-hmm. in the Lord. Right. Because if I can't remember otherwise, there's got to be something. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Definitely. Yes. Um, Hashem made Ad, Eve from Adam's rib, and that was hidden with inside of him. Um, and so God was saying, I'm going to give you a mouth, and I'm going to but you are going to be zanut, And I'm going to give you eyes, but you're going to be zanut with those eyes. So why did Hashem say, just don't look at any bad things with your eyes or don't speak Lashan Hara from your mouth because someone who is zanut is already doing that. So he, if he knows you're zanut, if you are zanut, you're not going to be looking at things that you shouldn't be looking at. You're not going to be looking at... X-rated movies, you're not going to be um, speaking Lashon Hara. And so Hashem says, don't speak Lashon Hara, guard your eyes. But he knew that, that, that Eve was taken from that hidden place of Adam. And so we'll see throughout all of scripture so many signs of modesty, so many signs of, of uh, hiddenness, concealment, throughout Scripture, um, throughout a lot of uh, the books of the Bible with Purim coming up. That is another one. The attribute of modesty, it serves as a barrier to protect us from committing sins. And that's kind of like what you were just saying. Um, it's human nature for us to act a certain way or, or even do things that we wouldn't normally do in public, you would do in private. Um, so an outwardness of, of knowing who you are will help you behave better in a public and in private settings. And we always hear that dress for success. You know, if you want the job dress for that job or, you know, even with schools where they have dress codes, you will find that those kids do better. They're more respectful to each other. They're more respectful to the teachers. They get better grades. And so that's why we have kids to have dress codes because we know the way we're dressed affects the way we act, and it also affects the way other people treat us. And if you don't think so, Walk into a public place, probably not Walmart because people dress in anything at Walmart, but if you dress real grungy into your bank that you go to and your bank knows you all the time, dress really sharp, and then you go in and see if you get treated differently um, if you're not dressed the way you're normally dressed. Because I think you'll find that people do treat you the way you know, based upon how your outward appearance is. Um, I know we're not supposed to judge a book by a cover, right. but you know what, we do, people do. You can never make a second, first impression. It's a one-time shot. Well,
1: when you have people that are wearing their pajamas,
0: exactly. With
1: gas and everything, and, and they have their slippers on that are fuzzy, and they're out in public, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, I mean, I'm sorry, but I don't leave my bedroom with my pajamas on. Right. I change my clothing, but I always
0: have. Right. Because so it's very
1: shocking to me when I see people in their pajamas walk, walking out in public.
0: Yes, because we have forgotten to keep things private. private you know, At 10, 20 years ago, would anyone go shopping in their pajamas? Never. 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 But today, it's a norm. I don't think you can walk into a store and not see somebody in their pajamas and and it it's it is the way we are um and we are a generation of immorality is really what we are and in the Gemara it says before the Mashiach comes the generation will be known for its chutzpah okay chutzpah is a Yiddish word for I don't care what anybody thinks so aren't we there Aren't we in a generation where people don't care what anybody else thinks? They'll wear their pajamas out in public or nothing much at all. Um, Our whole generation, we do, well, not necessarily we in this room, but the generation lacks morality. Um, Rabbi Itzak says the lack of modesty today isn't because it's hot or we want to wear shorts or we need freedom. It's a rebellion against the greatest principle in the world. What is the greatest principle in the world? That man is made in the image of God. And we have forgotten that we are all made in the image of God. If you realize that you're made in the image of God, then you will talk a certain way. You will change the way you walk. You will change the way you dress. You will change the way the things you watch on TV And the way you allow people to treat you. Everything about us would be changed if we just realized that we are made in the image of God. So like if you ever see pictures of the Queen of England out, um, she's always proper. She's got her hat and it matches her shoes and it matches her purse and her, her perfectly... You know, matched oh, yeah. outfit and her hair and her makeup and everything's done. so what what do you think if you saw her with a bag of potato chips and just shoving potato chips in and her mouth?: pajamas? You know, I mean, even just that would would shock you, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. um, because it isn't dignified right. for her position, yeah. and because she is such a high position, you expect her to eat very refinely and to speak refined and to dress very appropriate for every occasion and to handle herself with the utmost respect. So why don't we? Isn't being the daughter of a king better than being the queen? I mean, we are the daughter of the king. And yet, we we don't portray that to people. We don't portray that when we walk out of our homes. I think that, um, you know, the lack of morality today is is just because we have forgotten whose image that we are, are made from and that we have to get that back. You know, we just really need to get that back. And I'm not saying that you have to dress in, you know, a ball gown with a tiara okay. all the time but to elevate, to elevate what we are doing. The greater you think of yourself, the more respectful way you will behave. So a lot of not being modest is that we have low self-esteem. We don't expect people to look at us as if we are anybody, so we're not going to act or dress like we are anybody, but we are. every time you walk out of your house every time you speak to somebody every time you watch something on tv or whatever you're doing the question you've got to ask is is this dignified for my position i am a daughter of the king should i be doing this and think of the queen of england would she be doing that you know, which she, you know, we have to think. We're greater than that. And she does have a high position, but our position is higher because we are representing Hashem, our king. Okay, so now I'm gonna to try to talk a little bit about modesty and clothing without really talking about clothing. See if I can do this. Yep. <laughs> So, like everybody loves a little baby, right? And the chubby little babies, everybody loves chubby a chubby, chubby little baby. baby and a naked chubby little baby, you gotta love that too. <laughs> and so, do you look at that chubby little baby and go, whoa, put some clothes on? No, it's a cute little chubby little baby. <laughs> um, so why is that? Why don't we look at a baby and think, well, that's not modest. Because we do, we look at little babies all the time, and that's perfectly fine. Hmm. So, like, what if you see a naked toddler? Yeah, it's not quite as cute as a little chubby little baby, right? Not bad. Okay, so what about a 60-year-old? If there was a 60-year-old, you think, wow, yeah, that's inappropriate. So why do we think it's inappropriate for a 60-year-old to be standing there naked, but not that cute (laughs) little chubby little baby? They look different. Well, <laughs> yeah. and not even different because the 60-year-old should know ba- better. The baby's innocent. The baby doesn't really know anything yet. It, babies are but just that's the, carnal. That's and the parents' fault. Yeah, well, it's I mean, different. a little newborn baby doesn't know anything, doesn't know right yeah. from wrong. It's just innocent. It's, it's just wants its, you know, bottle or to be nursed or to be held or whatever, and they're very carnal and so but we don't look at that baby as being oh it should have clothes on but we do look at an older person or even a teen it would be you should know better why because the baby's innocent 60 year old person should know better or the teenager should know better so with knowledge you know comes responsibility so once we know more we need to do more and so as a baby they don't know being naked is wrong but as an adult or a teen or even a five or six-year-old knows, you know, you teach your children, you don't run outside with no clothes on, you know, at some point. So the more I know, the better I should act. The more I know, the better I should do. And so the questions that we need to ask is, is how do I act according to what I know? So what do we know as adults? We should know more, Right. And that I think is why the Bible doesn't hold a child accountable really until they're 20. I mean, at 13, they are accountable to some degree, but at 20 is the capital punishment. So at 20, it obviously, Hashem says, okay, by the time you're 20, you should really know right from wrong. So that's another reason why, you know, with age comes... Knowledge and more responsibility. Our sages say that if a man, no, our sages say that man is the glory of God, but the glory of man is his clothing. So man, okay, man is the glory of God, but the glory of man is his clothing. So man is for God what clothing is for man. So do we understand God? Not really. How do we understand God? Maybe by looking at his creations. And one of his greatest creation is man. And so we can look at how Hashem has created man to help us understand Hashem. And so we know that, that man has um, a good inclination. We have a bad inclination. Hashem has made us with free will. And so we can look at all of God's creations and say something about God, even though we don't really know God, we know of his creations and how he has represented himself through the world. Um, How do people know about us when they first meet us? It's probably the way we look, our first impressions. And how we reveal ourselves, through our speech, through our actions, through our, our dress, is how we reveal ourselves to other people. So if I have a lab coat on, someone might think I might work for the medical profession or a pharmacy or, you know something like that. If I have a school uniform on, I might be a student. So the way we dress reveals something about us. If you're very artsy, you might be very eclectic in your dress and and use fun colors, and people can look at them and go, wow, I bet you they're artsy. You know, I mean, you can tell when you see people walking down the road and they have different uh, styles of clothing. That's a way that we tell the world something about who we are. Um, People do judge a book by its cover, And it is how we present ourselves to the world, but Judaism has a thing that says the inside should match the outside. And so the way you are inside should be revealed by the way we are looking on the outside. But Judaism also has another saying, that is, fake it till you make it. And so the fake it till you make it is is so... Maybe you don't understand the mitzvah of modesty, but you're going to practice speaking, you know, if if you're someone who cusses, let's say, I'm no longer gonna use cuss words. That might not be inside. You may be thinking those cuss words, but you've made the commitment to to deliver to the outside world something better. Pretty soon, your actions of not saying cuss words anymore is gonna be internalized, and you're not gonna be even saying them in your head anymore. Because what you do on the outside will eventually filter into the inside. So sometimes people will act the way they think other people think they should act. So I read a a study where they had taken a teacher, And they told her, she was a new teacher, all the kids in your class are like the top students. That's why you've got them. They're all going to be the AP kids. So they're really going to need extra because they're all really smart. The problem was is that really these kids were not the top kids. They were the strugglers. But because the teacher was new and the teacher didn't know that, she treated all of these oh, wow. kids as if they were the top students and you know what happened they, were the top? they all outperformed what had even expected oh, wow. of them because they were treated as if they were top students and the teacher didn't know and the kids rose to the occasion That's neat. and so we know that if people treat Children or adults in a certain way with certain expectations, they will rise to the occasion. And so that's what we need to do. We know who we are. We are the daughters of the king. And so we need to rise to the um, occasion. So if your grandmother can give you another illustration here. If she gave you a ring after she passed... You took that ring, and it probably wasn't more than $50, $25 ring. It wasn't an expensive ring, but to you, it represented your grandmother. So you took that ring, and you put that ring in your safe, along with your diamonds and your gold and whatever else you have hidden in the safe. If a burglar came, what would they assume about that ring? it was valuable, right? Why would they think it was valuable? Because it was hidden in the safe. It was concealed. And so it's not that something is valuable that I cover it up. It's that when I cover it up, I give it value. And so if we lay everything out on the table, then it's not valuable anymore because it loses its value. There is a concept that, um, well, the world says that if you flaunt it, you know, if you have it, you flaunt it. But Zanute says to keep it concealed. And so, there, there's really that concept that the more familiar you are with something, the less respect you have. And if you think about that, like with your parents, or with your a teacher, or, you know, a, a great, a person that you really respected, as soon as you you say their first name and you're more on a one-to-one, that respect kind of goes down a little bit. And that is why in Judaism, it is a concept that parents don't allow children to call them by their first names, to sit in their chairs, because that is the parent's chair. And as a child, you don't ever sit in your parents' chair at the table. That's their position, you know. And I remember, right, and I remember as a kid, right, we wouldn't go in my mom and dad's bedroom and just plop ourselves on their bed or anything. That was their space. Because the more familiar, the more casual you are, the less respect that is given. And we see that as a big problem in today's society where we have children who don't respect their parents, and parents who treat their children as other little adults. They aren't in their position as a child, and so there is that lack of respect. And so we want to make sure that, you know, we're giving everybody that same respect, but that we're giving our own self that respect by not putting everything out there on the table. And again, I'm not even really talking about clothing. I'm talking about what you're doing and putting it up on Facebook. You know, I'm talking about even what you're thinking. You know, we don't have to tell everybody everything that we're thinking. It doesn't have to go from our head to our mouth. It can stay in our head. There's no reason why everything, every thought we have has to be spoken. Um, that's not modest, you know. So thinking of modesty in a whole lot of ways um, and, and not just the, the dress thing. Um, we can s- conceal things from people, such as, you know, status, how much money we have, um, power, because it isn't something always to be flaunted. And we see, again, Facebook, Instagram, all of that. It seems like the rich people will got to put their new car on. And, you know, everybody's, it, it's about my vacation, my new ring. But if you think about it, what if we just kept some things for ourselves, something that's just private amongst ourselves? So with, with perm coming up, I just wanted to talk just a little bit, because I don't know how much time we have, not a little bit um, about Purim and its connection to modesty. And so uh, the book of Esther is always read at Purim. And in the book of Esther, um, God's name is hidden. It's not said, not one time, not any of the names of, of Hashem. Um, God is hidden in the book of Esther. Also, Esther's identity is hidden and concealed. She uh, doesn't come out and say she's Jewish. Um, Nobody knows that. She's changed her name from Hadassah to Esther. And so nobody really knows who she, who her true identity is. Um, We learn from the Zohar that Hashem's names are the way that he interacts with the world. Okay, and so every time Hashem wants to reveal himself with the world, he is going to um, use one of his names, and that is revealed in what is referred to as a garment. And so these garments, they all have names. So when Hashem wants to show himself in the garment of mercy, his name is the yud heh If he wants to show himself in the garment of judgment, he's Elohim. If he wants to show himself as hesed, which is loving kindness, um, he is the supreme god, El Elyon. And so we have to look at Hashem, and he has these garments. And the garments are how he interacts with the world, and he interacts with Judgment and loving kindness and mercy. Which
1: one was
0: judgment again? Judgment is Elohim. Oh,
1: Elohim? Yes. Oh, okay,
0: gotcha. Um, each name uh, corresponds with a garment or an attribute of God. And in the Zohar, they also all attach themselves to a color, too. Um, the Zohar says that the highest level that one can obtain is. Emunah, because Emunah is blind faith. And so if we have blind faith in Hashem, He's concealed, but we're going to believe in Him anyways. And so the Kabbalah explains um, that everything needs a vessel and everything needs light. And so like if I need a, a cup of water, what do I put the cup of water in? A cup. That's the vessel. Okay, Um, if I get a, you know, go shopping and I'm buying vegetables, I have to put them in something, a vessel, I'm going to put them in a shopping bag. Um, The Midrash says that since, um, oh, I'm talking about something else, sorry. With the, the, the vessel is the outer of what we see and then the light, which is the ore. The light is inside, and it's our, like our soul. And so we want our vessel, which is our body, to be able to show Hashem's light. And so we have to have our own self-respect. We have to know who we are, or we're going to hide that light. You know, I, we all know about um, how many times have you heard that your body is the temple. Okay, the bo- your body is the temple. Treat it like the temple. Um, in this Torah portion, which is um, in Exodus 25, 8, and I don't know if I have my, I don't have it here. Um, it's over there, so I won't get it. But in Exodus 25, 8, uh, we are told to make Hashem a sanctuary. To make it for him to dwell in it. And so the Midrash says if, you, if someone has it, I'd like to read it if yeah, you can I'm pull it up. Because yeah. um, I can't pull it up on my phone in my book. And, is. and
1: they shall make me a set apart place and I shall dwell in their midst.
0: Yes, okay. And so in there is plural. And so the Midrash is saying that since it's plural, it means you. Build yourself, your body, a temple, a tabernacle, and I will dwell within you. Um, It is talking about your mind, your home, your body. Build all of that as a tabernacle, and he will dwell with us in our homes, in our bodies, and in our minds. We have to be a holy place because he's not going to dwell someplace that isn't a holy place. So we have to think of it as our speech.
1: Kind of reminds me a little bit of the Shema.
0: Yes. Yep.
1: Where you yep. talk about it all day long. Yeah.
0: And In your you doorposts yep. and and your gate. Yeah. It is our homes, mm-hmm. and it you know your your table, right. that is an altar. Your home, that is a tabernacle. It is supposed to be a holy place when we we offer friday night meal and it's air of shabbat how holy is that you know and so we have to remember that all of us all of our life our homes our businesses our our speech everything we do has to reflect back that light because hashem does dwell in us and we all know that Yeshua would say that all the time. You know, abide in me, and I will abide in you. There's many of scriptures that talks about that. And so we have to prepare ourselves to be a holy place so that the Shekinah can dwell within us. Otherwise, there's no place for him to dwell. So we're going to review. Modesty is keeping what is private, private. We need to be Zanute in our speech, the words we say, how loud we are. Are we saying something to get attention? Um, are we trying to, to spout out knowledge just so that people think we're smart? You know, uh, whatever. Think of it, Think before you talk. Didn't your mom ever say that? Um, so we have to, to definitely think, is this Modest. What I say, is this going to be modest? Is this going to be a modest way of saying things? Our thoughts, you know, our thoughts need to be modest. Um, Our actions are dress. Distance creates respect. And you are made in the image of Hashem. Mm -hmm. So those are all things I want you all to walk away with tonight. And I have sheets. I will shut off our podcast so that if anybody has questions,